I see a lot of people that are identified as highly sensitive experiencing more stress because we are more prone to become people pleasers because we take rejection so much harder. We take disappointment and letting people down so much harder. We feel that in our bones. And so it just really sets us up to overwhelm and taking on more than we have the energy, time, and mental white space for. Welcome to the Sensitive Success Podcast. I'm Frida Carbo, founder of Sensitive Success Circle, the mastermind for sensitive coaches and changemakers who want to create success in their way with the help of their sensitivity. I have spent the last decade recreating my life. I moved from Sweden to New Zealand with my husband and two kids, working online, creating the life and business that I love with a mission to help others do the same. One of the things I learned is that we have so much wisdom inside when we learn to trust and take aligned action. And even though we're responsible for our journey, we don't have to do it alone. I do this work because I'm committed to helping highly sensitive, introverted, intuitive coaches and changemakers to do the work they are called to do in a way that works for them. I know it's possible and creates so many ripples. My intention with these episodes is for you to be inspired, empowered, and to know that you're not alone in your business adventure. If you haven't already, come over and connect with me on Instagram at Frida Carbo. Thank you for being here because it means that you're creating sensitive success too, which is precisely what the world needs. Welcome. In this episode, we celebrate sensitivity together with Avery Thatcher. She is the CEO and founder of the Inner Stillness Outer Chaos podcast and the Float State membership. When she started her career as a registered nurse working in the ICU, she noticed that the majority of people who was in there could be linked to chronic stress. She decided to get out of the reactive side of medicine, and now she helps highly sensitive, high achievers prevent burnout and reverse the negative health effects of stress. After experiencing a significant change of health and burnout in 2018, Avery had to redefine her identity and grieve the loss of who she used to be. She now shares her story to help others realize that they are not alone in their struggles and talk about the strategies that helped her heal. This is such an important subject and I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome, Avery. Thank you so much, Frida. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> so tell us a bit more about your journey and how you come to work with highly sensitive. So I am very much a highly sensitive person myself. And for a very long time, I tried to numb that side of me because I didn't really know how to work with it. It just felt too painful all the time. Then I started to shut down to different experiences. And it was really when I became a nurse that I realized that my sensitivity was not something to hide, but really such an asset, especially in that field of work that I was in. And so that started the journey of unwriting and unwinding those beliefs around being highly sensitive. And then the more that I got into learning about stress management and how stress affects the body and being the super nerd that I am, digging into all of the juicy research around that, I learned that a lot of the strategies that were taught are really just band-aids and they don't show us how to work within the system that really is geared to create burnout. Yeah. So tell us a bit, what is stress to you? So stress to me is something that challenges our body. 
And that could be a really positive thing. There's actually a stress curve that was developed way back in 1908 by Robert M. Yerkes and John Dillingham Dodson. And even though it was developed way back then, it has been tested again and again, and it still really shows that relationship really well between productivity and pressure. So when we're in the right balance of productivity and pressure, this is when we're actually in a state of eustress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S. And this is that positive, productive, motivating stress when we're in flow, we're in the zone, we're really making that impact that we want to have on our corner of the world. But when we get a little bit too much pressure, either internally or externally, we move over to the other side of the curve and start moving down this distress experience. What we normally really attribute to the word stress is sort of on that side of the curve. And this is where there's actually three different stages of stress that we can track. The first is the stage of alarm. And that's an initial adrenaline rush hit of like, oh, this I've got a presentation to do in three minutes and I didn't know. And now I've gathered all the things. That initial rush, that's that stage of alarm. Our body was designed to handle this. It's meant to be like, yeah, okay, I'll support you in all the ways we've got this. But the truth is a lot of us don't have that quick turn of energy and that quick moment of stress and then it goes away. Our stressors, especially now in the world that we're in, are constant. So this is where we move into that second stage of stress, which is the stage of resistance. This is where our body is managing things okay, we're balanced, we're able to make it work but we're still underneath a lot of pressure. Our body can handle that for a reasonable amount of time. But if we don't do enough to really restore our different kinds of energy and help heal the damage that some of that stress has taken, then we move into the final stage, which is the stage of exhaustion. And this often shows up as burnout in a lot of people. And this is where you need that pep talk to even get up off the couch to go get yourself a drink of water. The idea of getting started replying to emails from clients or going on social media to sort of promote yourself, it's just such a heavy thing to think about. And you just seem to do a lot of procrastinating in this space because you just don't have it in you to do even the smallest of things. Yeah, that's a great explanation. Thank you for that. And what do you see is the correlation between being highly sensitive and stress? So I see a lot of people that are identified as highly sensitive experiencing more stress because we are more prone to become people pleasers because we take rejection so much harder. We take disappointment and letting people down so much harder. We feel that in our bones. And so it just really sets us up to overwhelm and taking on more than we have the energy, time, and mental white space for. And so when we really know how to work with this and work with our highly sensitive nature, we can set boundaries and say no in a way that actually aligns with who we are and won't just trigger more emotion within. Plus, I think highly sensitive people, at least in my experience, seem to lean more towards the perfectionist side of things, which then layers on its whole other level of stress. So if someone is listening to this and they feel like they have a lot of stress, what would you recommend them to do? 
So one of the first things that you can do is learn how to turn off your stress switch. So our stress system is really like a switch. It's either on or it's off. It's either in that fight or flight response or we're in the rest and digest. Now there's also freeze and fawn. And those are two other common responses to extreme amounts of stress. And that's when our stress switch is stuck in the middle. It's not on, it's not off. It's just like, which is why often in those spaces we feel either like we can do nothing or we feel no emotion and we're just trying to calm the situation around us. So learning how to turn that stress switch off is really important. And one of the easiest ways that we can do this is through controlled breathing. So I recommend 555 breathing. There's so many different kinds out there, but the reason why I like this one is because it's easy to remember. So you're going to take five slow, deep breaths for five seconds on the inhale, five seconds on the exhale, and you're going to do that five times a day. And so by continually turning off our stress switch, we're not going to be adding more fuel to that fire. We're going to slowly at least maintain the levels of stress chemicals in our body and be able to access more of our higher level thinking brain. And first, I know when I say five times a day to that person that's feeling completely overwhelmed, they're just like, where is that supposed to go? But if you do it when you first get up before each meal and then before you go to bed, that's five. And it's really just going to take you about 50 seconds to do. And it really helps you regain control over your problem solving brain. A clear example of this, I was new to Vancouver. It's a city up here in Canada that's very big and it's got lots of different trains that really help you get places. And so I was trying to get to my first day of work at a new hospital and I had mapped it out. I knew which train I needed. I knew which stop I had to get off at. Everything was great. And then I'm on the train, just sitting there listening for my stop. And the announcement comes on, says, end of the line, you're in Surrey. So I was in a completely different city and I was going to be so late for work. I was supposed to be there in 10 minutes. I had no idea how I was going to get there. And right away, that stress just hit. And I was just like, oh, what am I going to do? And then I was like, wait. So I slowed down my breathing. I took those five, five, five breaths. And then I looked at the map. I figured out what the problem was, which by the way, if you're ever in Vancouver, they have the same train with the same name leaving from the same station going in the same direction that forks and ends up in two different cities. So you have to check out to make sure that it is like Expo North, not just Expo Northwest. Lots of human factors in there that could be adjusted, but that's another story. So really learning how to control that breathing can do a lot for you to be able to access that higher level thinking problem solving brain, which can do so much for our stress. Love that. Thank you so much. Such a great example of how easy exercises can actually help us. But it's also about, like you say, reminding remembering to do them and, and actually making space and making adjustments. So I love how you connected it to going up and uh, eating and going to bed. So easy. But you've been on quite a journey yourself. So what is the biggest difference to your life now and before burnout or before knowing you were highly sensitive? So really the turning point for me was when I realized that all of the stress management strategies that I had learned over the years, all of these things that I was teaching people, they weren't enough because we live in a system, we live in a world that really 
drives productivity over well-being. And so we have to learn how to navigate that system. And unfortunately, at the time, I didn't realize that this was something which I had to know how to do. And so I was working full-time 12-hour shift work as a registered nurse at the time. This was back in 2018. And I was also running my stress management business on the side. So I was literally writing blogs on the train. I was, you know, recording things before I'd go for sleep after a night shift. And I was managing my energy really well, but I was working in a very toxic work environment that really did not create any kind of psychological safety, which took a lot more of a toll on me than I realized. And so it was Christmas morning. I was coming off the night shift and I looked the charge nurse in the eye and she said, oh, you do not look well. Like, go home. Don't worry about coming back in tonight. I'll mark you down for sick. And I said, great, thank you. And I went home and I slept for 20 hours. And then I slept for 20 hours the next day and the day after that. And about 18 months later, after a number of different painful procedures, some surgeries and different diagnoses and things being thrown out there, I'm now the proud owner of a chronic illness and a physical disability that will never go away. And so I have really had a lot of trouble figuring out who I was when I no longer had that identity anymore of being a nurse working in a hospital. I knew that this was my goal, that this is where I wanted to take my life, really focusing in on my business, but I wanted to make that decision, but my body made the decision for me. And one of the most powerful things that I did is I chose to change my first name. So I was actually born Heather and I lived 37 years of my life as Heather. And then I realized that I could never be that person again with this new chronic illness, with this disability, with where I was taking my life, what I was capable of. I needed that fresh start. And for me, that came in the form of changing my name, which was a lot of work because my business name was Heather Thatcher and everything was branded Heather Thatcher before that, but it was worth it. Wow. That's amazing. And what a shift, like really stepping into, yeah, I am definitely a different person I need a different name wow I call this a sensitive success so with all the changes that you've made and the different person that you are now how do you see success I see success I think in the same way that I would define high achievement so for me success and high achievement are really interlinked and I see this as the ability to create an impact beyond my circle of influence So to be able to change lives, to make something a little bit easier for somebody that I haven't even met, to be able to see those ripples sort of expanding out. And I am very grateful that I see evidence of that every day in my business and in my life. So I know that I have been successful. I love that definition. Beautiful. And you talked about it a little bit, but how do you use sensitivity as a superpower? So, oh my goodness, so many different ways. So now I think I show up as my sensitive self, like so excited and crying at these sweet little footprints in the snow of these little partridges that all run around and it just touches my heart and showing up so authentically really helps other people have that same permission 
And so part of that for me, even though it's scary and it's hard because I have been, I have faced a lot of that rejection for who I am as a sensitive person, but showing up that way, I know makes a difference for the person that needed to see that. So when I have a low energy day, I'm very upfront about that. So that's one of the ways that I feel like it is a superpower because when you give permission to other people to be who they are, you really create so much deeper connection and can make so much more of a change. Another way that I see it as a real superpower is in my group coaching and one-on-one work because I can see straight through the problem or the barrier that somebody's putting up because I can feel where their their hangup is, where that block is coming from. And then all you got to say is like, let's talk about this angle and maybe while you're holding yourself back and they're just like, oh, that's it. That's exactly. And I didn't even know it until this moment. And you're just like, "Mm, there it is. So I think sensitive people, we really have that ability to see past the walls that somebody might have up and we can see really right to the heart of that truth. Mm, Love that. Yeah. (laughs) Such a superpower when we let it. So Do you have anything else that you would like to add to those who are listening and may be struggling with stress? Absolutely. So I would recommend that if you're listening to this right now and you're just like, oh, she's talking about me, write this either as the phone background of your phone or on your desktop background on our sticky note that you put on your computer. Always do your best doesn't mean always be perfect. We have to learn to work with the energy levels that we have during those, really just across those four different energy spheres that we have and really learning to know that our best is enough because when we're feeling this burnout, we feel like we can't do anything. We can't do anything right. It's all feeling like it's falling through our fingers. So reminding yourself that, always do your best doesn't mean always be perfect can be very powerful. And when do you feel like it's time to search to get help? When do we know when to get help? So if you feel like you're constantly on this cycle of having enough energy to survive and hang out with all your responsibilities, and then you crash and it becomes really hard or maybe impossible. And then you kind of figure it out again for a little bit and then you crash. If you feel like you're in that constant cycle, then it's time to reach out for some help because that shows that you have habits that you're living by that are creating some of these experiences of stress, or you are in an environment that is causing these extreme amounts of stress that you need additional supports to be able to manage and prevent that stress from having damage on your body. So when you feel that cycle and you can't seem to get off that wheel, that's a really good time to reach out for stress. Other good time to reach out for a little bit of support if you're feeling stressed is if you're just feeling like there has to be a better way. If you're feeling like everything seems to take so much more energy than you think it should, if you feel like there could be ways to systemize things, it's also a really good time to reach out for help. And if people want to reach out for your help, where can they find you? Oh, thank you. So they can find me on Instagram. I am at Becoming Avery. You can find me on LinkedIn there as well. And then I also have a podcast. It's called The Truth About Burnout. And you're welcome to listen to that. We share all kinds of real life stories and lots of really good strategies to help you manage and prevent burnout. And then you can find me at my website as well, becomingavery.com. 
Is there anything else you would like to add? I think the only other piece is if you feel like you never have enough energy or that sometimes your brain is just in this big fog, learning how to differentiate the different kinds of energy that you're experiencing can be really helpful. We actually have four different types of energy. We have physical energy, we have emotional energy, mental energy, and impact energy. And so understanding how all of those different energy spheres interact with each other, what depletes them for you and restores them for you can be really helpful when you look at your day. So for me, I knew that I had a lot of Zoom calls today and I also had this time to chat with you here and with Frida. So I know that that's going to drain some of my mental and emotional energy. So right after this, I have activities planned to restore my mental and emotional energy. So that way I don't make it to the end of the day drained across the board. I've been able to restore the energy that's being used up throughout the day. Wonderful. Yeah, so important. Another question that came up is if someone is, is really feeling low and having gone through a burnout and just feeling is like one question that I had was, is there hope? <laughs> What would you say to that? If you are here listening to this right now, it means that you still have hope within you. So even though you may not know how the heck you're supposed to put anything else on your plate, because you're already so stretched thin, learning with someone that can help guide you through that process will make it so that you're not actually just adding things on, you're taking things away, you're finding the gaps. So you actually have a lot more time than you think. And if you're listening to right now, you already have that hope. So light the fire, find somebody to help support you. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with us and for the work that you do in the world. It's so important to help highly sensitive with this. So thank you. Well, thank you, Frida. I think it's so important to have a safe space for highly sensitive people to learn and talk with one another. So I really appreciate that you've created that here. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this episode. This podcast is put together for you to see what is possible and how to use your sensitivity to create success in your way. If you know anyone who would find this conversation useful, please share. And if you share this on social media, tag me in and I would love to reshare it. Come over and connect with me on Insta at Frida Carbo and tell me your biggest takeaway from this episode. Thank you for listening and remember to keep shining so that those who need your help can find you.